0: 12. Tuesday night, we are having the thanks community thanksgiving service. Um, Stevie and Natalia are going to be singing and uh, at that service, and uh, we're really excited about it. Um, we have this annually in the area here. Where all the churches come together, and it's at Countryside United Brethren Church. Next year, it'll be here. In fact, both services will be here next year, the Good Friday service and the community Thanksgiving service. But I want to invite you to come Tuesday night, 7 o'clock. Countryside is located out McClellan Road all the way north. You just keep going. You can't miss it. It's way out there. But uh, 7 o'clock, and of course, I have some things I'll be doing in the service as well, and uh, we would love to have you. So did you find Romans chapter 12? So I started last week sharing with you about the heart of a, the attitude of a servant. And uh, what a great service that was last week, just as we began to look at what the scriptures teach about what it is to have, what kind of heart that we are supposed to have. And I want to just continue on that idea here today and uh, just share with you a couple of thoughts that the Lord revealed to me this this past week. In Romans chapter 2, or chapter 12, excuse me, in verse 1 it says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your re- reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, I know we, we most of us have heard these verses before. I want to share them with you out of a couple different translations. This is called the easy translation. My Christian friends, this is verse 1, God has been very kind to us. Because of that, I really want you to serve God with your whole life. Offer your bodies to him like a sacrifice that continues to live. Serve him with everything that you have, and that will please him. That is the true way to worship God. Serve him with everything that you have. That is the true way to worship God. It's interesting, as you look at in the King James Version, where it used, or New King James, where it says present your bodies, that the word present there is in the Greek has different tenses, like we have past, present, and future tense in our English language, um, that in the Greek they have what's called the aorist tense. And the aorist tense, what it means is, it's A-O-R-I-S-T, what it means is once and for all. So this is a one-time, this is, you need to do this, settle this once and for all, this is the way the rest of my life's going to go. That I'm presenting myself to the Lord. And then he goes on and he says, and this is our reasonable, true way to worship, that we are able to worship God. And it's interesting as you look at this passage where it says that we, you and I, that this is our reasonable service to God, that it's a Greek word that is the word litero, and it means that this is how we, this is how you and I minister back to God. So how do we minister to God? We minister to God by taking what God has given to us and giving it back to Him, what He has blessed us in, his life, in our lives. All of us have three things that, we, that God has given to us. We, we have in our lives. One is time. We all have time, right? Now, I often will say that time is a just commodity Time is, is not necessarily a just commodity, meaning it's not equal to everybody, even though every day is equal to everybody, but time is not necessarily equal because a lot of it depends on how you take care of yourself in this life. Right? I won't get on that too much because I know Thanksgiving's coming up and <laughs> the National Day of Gluttony, but... Uh, um, you know, it, 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 uh, it, if you don't take care of yourself, you're not gonna get as much time as someone else would, right? Okay? No matter what doctors can do for you. You get one body, so you better take care of it. Amen? You don't get another one. Until Jesus comes, look at your neighbor and say, I know he's talking to you right now. No, no, I am. Right? One. So everybody gets time. Everybody gets talent. You all have talent. It's all different. It's not all the same. And everybody has treasure, right? Time, talent, and treasure. Those are the three things all of us have. Now, the Scripture is telling us here that what we need to do is is that we need to respond back to God with what we have, with our lives, with our livelihood, with what He has done in our lives. So let's talk about how that you and I, how we can give back to God in time and where He teaches us in the Scriptures. Jesus said it that when any man that will give a cup of cold water to a little one, that'll take the time to give to someone who has a need, that he shall have a great reward for what he has done. So the Lord tells us that when we give him time, no matter how much time it is, when we give him time, that there is reward that comes back out of giving God our time. See, a lot of times we look at things like greeting at the door, ushering in the church, or singing in the worship team, that... We don't see that as that what God wants to do is reciprocate back to us blessing for time served. For time served. Time is, is look, you've got time. You Could you be using this time right now to do something else? You could be using it to go grocery shopping. You could be using this time, you know, to... I don't know. Watch one, you know, watch the news programs you could be using this time to go out to eat, you could use it. But what did you choose to use the time for? To worship God. What did you use? And those who serve, what did they choose to do with their time? They chose to take their time that belongs to them and say, "God, this time belongs to you." Wow. Now, what God does, which is so powerful, is is that He says, look, if you'll take time, if you'll give time to me, then what I will do is I will take that time and I will bless that time. I will increase that time. I will bring favorable things into that time frame of your life. There's great reward from serving in church. There just really is. There's great reward from giving our time to the Lord. You know, like this thing we're doing with the you know, in the village, or giving the what we're doing, the, the, the people that have put the time in to, to put the gifts together and get all the ideas together. All that time is not to them, and it's really, when you think about it, it's not for the people. It's for the Lord. It's for the Lord. All of us have time. All of us have talent. All of us do. Now, some of you are good at some things, and some of you are not good at some things. But we all have talents, we have abilities. If you don't like the word talents, let's just use the word abilities. You have two kinds of abilities. You have natural ability, and you have supernatural ability. Supernatural ability is gifts that God gives to you. And when you look at Romans 12 a little bit further down, we won't look at it today, but he talks about gifts that he gives to his people. The gift of prophecy, the gift of exhortation, the gift of giving, all the different gifts, the gift of mercy, and he goes serving, and all the different things he talks about, those are gifts that God has put into your life through when you became a born-again believer. You have talents. You also have the talent to sing. Can you sing? Is there anybody here that cannot sing? Now look, I didn't ask you if you were going to become a recording artist. I said, can you sing? Everybody can sing, right? Unless you're deaf and you can't hear, then you probably, you're probably going to have difficulty with that, but you can sign. So everybody here can make a joyful noise to the Lord, right? right. When we take our talents and we give them to God, God blesses them. My parents were not good saints. They were not. We were in the Methodist church. My dad, he was okay. He was more a bass player. I mean, that was his thing. My, my stepmom, she could sing out um, you know, she could harmonize pretty decent. But they had a group that they put together, and I mean, they've traveled all over Ohio going to different churches and singing. Now if you'd have listened to their talent, you would have went,, Whew, they're not going to be recording anytime soon. They didn't sell cassettes. They weren't trying to get money. They just wanted to make a joyful noise unto the Lord. And that's exactly what they did. And I want to tell you something. God supernaturally blessed that. Because little becomes much in the hands of the Lord. Even a little bit of talent. So see, when we take and we use our abilities, our talents, whatever abilities that is, you know, if we if we can cook, if we can. Um, if we can sew, if we can be a blessing, if we know how to do woodworking or, you know, just, you know, Fred blessed me so much in his life. He Fred made all kinds of little woodcraft things and he was so proud of those things. And he'd bring you into his back room back in the day and he'd say, yeah, I just created this. And I was thinking, man, if I tried to make that, you wouldn't know what it was. I got a duck in my office that, that Christine gave me after Fred passed away. And and Fred, I have little things that Fred just gave me through the years. He was good at doing it, and he blessed a lot of people here with that. You know, Kerry was talking about people blessing, you know, going through and giving money. Some people, they, their talent was to do other things, to be a blessing. Some of you are really good at, you know, uh, at serving. All of us have different talents and abilities. We have time. Say that with me, time. We have talent, and we have treasure. Now, the, what God tells us is, look, give it all to me. Give it back. Give it all back to me, and I'll use it. And I'll make it greater than what it is, because this is a, a powerful principle from the Scripture, which is called the law of reciprocity. Law of reciprocity says that whatever we give, it comes right back to us. Give, according to Luke 6.38, give and it'll be given to you, press down. It's not coming back the way that you sent it out. Give and it'll be given to you. pressed down. shaken taken together. Good measure. Running over. Will God cause men to give back to you? So we talk about time. So you don't lose by giving time for the kingdom. And you don't lose by giving treasure to the kingdom. You know, when we give our tithes and our offerings, we're giving treasure into the kingdom of God. We don't lose by doing that. We don't we don't lose by by worshiping God or clapping our hands or all the different things that we're able to be able to do. But stopping there, I just want to I want you to see the power of this because maybe you've missed this. See, most, most uh religions teach that if you do this verse right here, you're doing an honorable thing to your God. The Greeks had a lot of different gods. Okay? They had a lot of different gods. The Romans that Paul's writing to, they had a lot of different gods. But when 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 they thought about their worship to their gods, it was about giving their time and it was about giving their talent and it was about giving their treasure. People would make sacrifices to their gods. Big financial sacrifices. I mean, people would. Sacrificed their whole lives in time of service and, and to, to the different deities that they believed in. But see, where Christian faith becomes different is so different than any religion that exists. And I don't know if you see this or not, but it's so different because what God does is, is that He says, Look, I don't want you to just come to me and bring me your tithe and your offering. I don't want you just to do service for me and somehow hope that I'm accepting you back or that your offering is acceptable or that you, what you did was good enough. What God says, I want to get so involved in your life. If you look at verse two here, I want to get so involved in your life that I change you into being like me. Nobody says that. No, no religions, I don't care who it is. I don't care what, what religion it is. I've studied all the religions of the world. You can't find that. Christianity is so far. You know, people will say, well, you know, like I was talking to somebody the other day and they were saying, well, you know, I mean, it's all God, isn't it? It's, you know, Allah and all the other stuff, you know, and Buddha and blah, blah. It's No, it's not. It's not because Christianity, first of all, Muhammad never died for his believers. Christianity, Christ died for his believers. Amen. And then what did he do? He said, Look, I'm leaving, but when I go, I'm sending the Holy Spirit, and he'll be inside all of you, and every one of you will have the Spirit. Now you're the temple of the Holy Ghost. So what he did is is that he 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 said, look, it's not just about that you're just gonna still worship me and sing to me and give to me and sacrifice to me. I want you to know that I'm investing back into your life. Now stay with me in this because this gets really powerful for for what God wants to do in our lives. Look at, uh, uh, let me let me read this to you out of this verse two, out of the easy translation. Don't become like the people who belong to this world, but let God completely change the way you think so that you live differently. Then you will understand what God wants you to do. You will know what is good. You'll know what pleases God, and you will know what is completely Right now, last week I shared a concept with you. I want to bring. I want to bring us back to that point again. You and I do not serve God for love. We serve God from a place of love. We're not trying to get God to love us. He's already proven. If He look, if we, are, if He, if if we're saying, God, you, I need to know you love me. Look, God has already said, Okay, wh- I died. I I I took your sin. I Gave you a name in heaven. I, what, what, it, what else could I, I've given myself completely to you? I sacrificed everything for you. But there are a lot of Christians that are still serving and tithing and giving their time and their talent because they want God to approve them to love them. Look, I'm telling you that we serve from a place of love, not to get God's love. The incredible love of God says that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us in Romans 5. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So that's already settled. But when we look at this passage, I mean, the the, the, the difference for you and I is, is that God doesn't just want us to believe in him. He wants us to allow Him to move through our lives so that we can change this world. See, I want to tell you there's a church calling out to God to change the world, and there's a God calling out to the church to change the world. Well, Pastor, can't we just pray? Well, you're not doing that anyways. I mean, the church isn't doing that. You have a prayer meeting, you have two people show up. So we're not praying together. I mean, we you know, we're trying to create avenues for that. I'm not being mean. I'm just telling you the way that it is, right? I mean, you know, we're you know, are we praying for revival in the land? We all want it. But you know what we really want? We just want God to take care of all of it. And what God is saying is is that look, I want to work through you. I want to transform you. I want to make you be able to do the things that I want to accomplish. I want to make you so different. I want to change you to such a level that you are a life changer yourself. See, that's what the apostles had happen to them. I mean, if you look at these early believers in your book of Acts, I mean, you know, it says the Acts of the Holy Ghost, but it could read the Acts of the apostles because it was the apostles that were out doing the Acts. The Holy Ghost was working with them. Amen. You know, we can huddle together forever asking God to do something in the earth, and God is asking us. Most people, I love what John Wesley said. He said, look, the church is praying for a revival. He says, here's what you need to do. Draw a circle, stand in the middle of it, pray everything in that circle is getting revived. Because when you get revived, the world will get revived. When you change, the world will change. You change, your family will change. You change, and we will make a difference in this world. But God, we just need you to move. And God says, yeah, you move and I'll move. You move, I'll move. No, Lord, we need you to move. Remember, he didn't tell the disciples, sit and wait till I move and then go. He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Tell them the truth. And look, I'm with you and I'll work through you. He said these signs in Mark 16, these signs would follow those who believe in my name. They're going to cast out devils in my name. Who's going to do the casting out? Look, he's seated at the right hand of the father right now. Jesus is. So the only caster out of devil that exists is you. Look at your neighbor and say, I know he's talking to you right now. And what's the heart of a servant? The heart of a servant is Lord. You know, see it, Look, I love the whole idea. I love the idea of us giving our time and our talent and our treasure to God. That's awesome. But we do it not from a place of trying to get approval because we've already been approved through Jesus Christ. What we, what, what, what we want to be able to do is to do that from a place of love, saying, I know I'm accepted. I honor you, God, because of the love that you have shown me, the gratitude that I have in my life. And God, I'm so absolutely grateful for all that you've done that, Lord, I don't want to stay the way I am. I don't want to be like this the rest of my life. I don't want to think of myself about letting my past contain my future. I want to see my future the way you see my future. That can only happen one way. We can't be conformed to this world. We can only be transformed by the renewing of our mind. The word conformed here is is an interesting Greek word because it's a a negative present imperative, and what what it literally means is stop it now. Once and for all, stop it. Don't be conformed to the world, don't let it press you, mold you, you know, fashion you to be like it. The world is not right. The world is the majority right now, but it doesn't make it right. I said the world is the majority, but it doesn't make it right. Look, a worldly attitude in your neighborhood is the majority. But it doesn't make it right, just because a 100 people believe the wrong thing doesn't make it right. Hallelujah. But be transformed. See, the word transformed here is a present imperative, and what it means is that tense says, look, this is an, this is, these are orders that God gives us that are expected to be carried out for the rest of our lives. So transform let me tell you about transformation. It doesn't happen in a day. It doesn't. It does not happen in a day. You know, we want everything in a day, don't we? I mean, we want it all. Like, give it, come on, Pastor, let this be the thing that, let this service. This might get, yeah, this might start you down the path, but it ain't going to get you there. You know, if I had a pill that could get rid of 50 pounds, I, I, I'd i be wealthier than Bill Gates. Don't you think? Huh? I mean, just like take this pill, and by tomorrow you'll poop out the 50 pounds. I mean, it'll all be gone. I won't want to visit your house that day. (laughs) Yikes. But look, 50 pounds, man, you get rid of it. But see, the way you lose 50 pounds is a pound a day, a pound a week. You can't lose 50 pounds. You can go get surgery and have them cut out something, and you might lose 50 pounds. But you're not going to lose 50 pounds. By tomorrow. But you can lose a pound a day, a week, excuse me. You can lose a pound a week. I mean, how hard is that? How many calories is that for you? That's not that much. Okay, 3,600 calories. Just give up 3,600 a week. Just give that much up. Just that. I'm not preaching on, look, I'm making a point here, okay? So you're like, okay, is he going to get off that? It's Thanksgiving week. We're really not. No, just giving up. Give it up for, give it up a week. For the rest of your year, by the end of this time next year, you'll be 52 pounds lighter. Wouldn't that be awesome? Thanks for your enthusiasm. Yeah, I feel good about it. But see, the same is true about transformation. You're not going to get a good marriage in a day. You're not going to get all your kids in line in a day. You're not gonna get them in line. You're gonna to have to do this progressively, actively, pursuing it day after day after day. You're not gonna grow spiritually just because you got one idea. You're gonna to have to apply yourself to those ideas, you're gonna to have to put them into action. You're gonna that's how transformation takes place. There is a transformative process. Transformation is a process. All right? But you know what? Here's where here's where it really gets tough for you and I. But conformity can happen in an instant. It can happen in an instant that you abandon everything that you know is right to just go do what the rest of the world is doing. You know why? Because conformity is happening as the river flows down. Transformation is happening where you and I are fighting against the current and refusing to give in to it. But see, the good news is, and I love this, that God wants to be involved in your transformation. That's the power of it. Romans 2.12.2, and this is out of the Weiss translation. And stop assuming an outward expression that does not come from within you and is not representative of what you are in your inner being, but is patterned after this age but change your outward expression to one that comes from within and is representative of your inner being by the renewing of your mind, resulting in your putting to the test what is the will of God, the good and well-pleasing and complete will, and having found that it meets meets specifications, place your approval on it. The, The transformation begins from the inside out. Conformity begins from the outside in. The longer that you and I, we allow this outside world to influence us, the more we will be conformed to that outward world. The more we allow the Spirit of God that is in us to work and to transform us, the more that we will change the outward world that is around us. So, wrapping up, here's the thought. See, religion says, go to God, ask God to fix it, ask God to take care of it, make your sacrifices to God. That's what religion teaches. And if God accepts it, then he'll help you out. Christianity teaches God has already accepted you. Give to him from a place of love in your life. And what God wants to do is not only to change your world, but he wants to change you first. Because, see, that's how lasting change happens. Because when you change inside, then you will begin to change what's happening outside. And I give you a great passage to go along with this, Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8. What did he tell Joshua to do? He said, look, Joshua's frustrated. He's scared. Everybody's scared. Moses is dead. That's all they've known as Moses. They didn't know anybody else. They didn't know any other leadership. Moses is dead. 40 years in the wilderness is passed. They're now getting ready to go into the promised land. And as they get ready to venture in where they failed before, and remember, and you know this is true, past failures can definitely can definitely influence new ventures. And Moses ups and he's gone. What a terrible time to die! I'm sure Joshua's thinking, listen, dude, it's not time to go. It's time for you to lead us in. You brought us out here. Now you finished the job, and then I'll be glad to step in. God comes to Joshua and says, Joshua, Moses is dead. Yeah. So here's what I want you to do. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, and you're going to meditate in it day and night. I'm going to tell you how to get, I'm going to tell you how to transform here. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. You're going to meditate in it day and night so that you will observe to do according to everything that is written in it. Then, as you're observing to do everything that is written in it, you'll make your own way prosperous and you'll have good success. Now read it backwards. You'll be prosperous and have good success because you did what I told you to do and you'll do what I told you to do because you're not letting it get out from in front of you. Who gives you, now don't answer, who gives you good success? Who makes you prosper? You and I would, our first thought, well, well, God does. But the truth is, no matter how much God wants to, if you're not on board, it ain't happening. I can preach supernatural increase till I'm blue in the face. If you're not on board with God increasing you and following his precepts and principles, it doesn't matter how much we talk about it in church, how much much anointing is on it, how many scriptures we show, because the difference maker is you. It's you. Look at your neighbor and say, it's you. All right, last verse, Ephesians 3.20, our verse for the year. I love it. God's limitless power, it's unlimited. He's unlimited in what he can do. Now, here's here's what he said. God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above everything that we could ask or think. Stop, because that is exactly where religion stops. That's exactly where the Greek would have stopped in their worship of their gods. That's exactly where the Roman would have stopped in their worship of their god. That's exactly where the Islamists will stop in their belief in their god. That's where they all stop is right there. He's able to do exceeding abundantly. We have no, we have no doubt that he can do anything. He's mighty. He's all powerful. He's, 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 he's incredible. He's able to do exceeding abundantly of everything we could ask or think, but then you finish it according to his power, that's at work inside of us. See, the problem is us. The problem is us. The problem is our wrong ideas that we've conformed to this world. The problem is the ideas that we've allowed the world to shape our beliefs in God, We've allowed the world to shape what our church services should be like, what are the world to, you know, all the things that we try to conform to because that's what the world says. The worst thing the church ever did was start listening to the world about what the church should look like. We need more user-seeker-friendly environments. No, we don't because there's no anointing in them. And so all those who bought into that whole idea of the user-seeker-friendly, and I'm not being critical of them cuz I'm not saying their names. But you know what they came back and said? We got a bunch of people who don't know nothing and don't believe nothing. But they come to church and they give. But there's no power. That's exactly right. And they were in a they're in a terrible crisis right now. And what you've seen is and you'll see this happening in the next couple of years. Churches that have gotten away from the preaching of the gospel and the preaching of the power, that they're all swaying right back now to where they need to be because they've realized that we now have presented a powerless gospel to a generation of people who have not experienced true power. It's us. It's us. It's not God. Be not conformed to the world, but be transformed. Now, the good news is, for you and I, is God is 100% committed to your transformation. Wow. I mean, he is 110% committed to life change for you and me. He is 100%. But we got to get on board. Amen? We got to get on board. And we've got to start doing that with the heart of a servant. And that is that I love, look, I serve. I read my Bible. I pray not to get God's attention, but because I've got God's attention, and because I, He loves me, therefore I am responding back in love towards Him. Stand with me if you would. Thank you, Father. Father God, we love you today. Lord, sometimes we say those words, and Lord, I know they don't. Uh, they don't really. They don't really hold too much. Power in our heart because they're just words. But God, when I think about the cross, like we sang about earlier, when I think about what you did for us, Lord God, and the sacrifice that you made, when I think about how that you, Lord God, loved me drunk, drugged up, perverted, and your great love that you loved me, Lord God, even at my worst, you still loved me at your best. Father God, I thank you for loving me you know while heads are bowed and eyes are closed maybe this morning you know you're not right with God maybe you're far from God today and you know it happens it, it can happen in our life but you have the opportunity and it's really up to you what you do from this moment forward you could keep going the same path that you're going or you can turn a different direction that's what repentance means my advice to you would be to turn from the path you're on and to turn to God to turn to Jesus Christ. I want to ask while heads are bowed and eyes are closed, I don't want you looking around. In a few moments, we're all going to pray together. And uh, I'm just going to ask you, if you would, this morning, if you say, my life is not right with God, but I want to turn the direction. All over the building, if that's you I'm talking to, I just want you to make eye contact with me this morning. Make sure I see you. I look right at you, okay? You say, that's me. Thank you. Or anyone else here today would say, that's me, Pastor Jolliff. I, I need to get right with God. I need to get my life right with God. I'm not right with Him today, and I know it. If my life ended today, I'm not sure where I'd spend my eternity, whether I'd be in heaven or I'd be in hell. But I want to make it right today. We're going to pray together in just a few moments, all together as a congregation. But I want to make sure you know you have that opportunity right now. All you've got to do is look at me, and we'll pray together. And it'll be a glorious day. Who's going to join this one that said, Yes, that's me? Is there anyone else here today that would say, That's me? Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. Everybody pray with us together with this one. Isn't that great? Father, we thank you. Say that out loud. Father, we thank you. You gave your life so we could have eternal life, a life with you that you're involved in our lives you're in our and you're involved in, we're involved in your life. In life. Lord, I turn, sin, I turn from sin and I turn to you. I, to you. I need your help, Lord Jesus. Help. So, from forward, so from this day forward, I give you permission, give you permission to guide me, guide me, to lead me, to, lead to speak to me, to, speak. to show me whatever I need to be shown You are the Lord of my life. I surrender to you. I'm done leading my life. I want your life. And I thank you for it, Lord. In your name I pray. Amen. Give the Lord a good hand this morning. Amen. Thank you.